Welcome to our podcast, Live from the Lab, where we explore areas of our company's culture, how we help our local community, and investigate the latest sales trends impacting our industry. Hi, this is Rich with Inside Out. I work in the business intelligence department, testing some of the top sales technologies out there. Uh, my special guest today is Kevin Colon, the executive vice president of sales over at SalesLoft, our number one partner. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell me a little bit more about your role and a little bit about SalesLoft? Sure, Rich. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to join you inside out and uh, really be a part of this today. So you're, you're correct. I am the EVP of sales for SalesLoft, where I joined last year with the focus here on growth in our market, as well as specifically in the enterprise space. So SalesLoft is the leading sales engagement SaaS product. So that's a lot to swallow. What is that? What is sales engagement? So what we do is effectively bring together all the channels of how you would interact with your own customers like email, phone, video, LinkedIn, messaging, gifts, and more. And we marry that with what are called cadences. A cadence is your top proven sales process workflows and the steps in how you interact, sell to, and service your customers. So the value of what SalesLoft provides is directly on the top line of revenue, as well as sales user productivity and sales pipeline conversion. So we simply put, Rich, we help customers uh, make more calls, send more emails, send more messages and text with quality. It's not spray and pray, but with quality for reactions to get hold of and sell to their own customers. Fantastic, Kevin. Thank you so much for that. Um, you mentioned that you work specifically focused on some enterprise-sized companies. Um, that can be a really tough undertaking. What are some of the challenges that SalesLoft faces when working with enterprise-sized companies? That's a great question. So in the enterprise, it can be dramatically different than, say, the SMB or mid-market. Mid and it really comes down to about three things, which are, in the enterprise, they're all about awareness, adoption and ownership. And so first executives uh, didn't know there's a, a, the ability to codify their sales process for sales law. But in general, working with these leaders, when you have 500, 600 different sellers that have a unique way of selling, they all, if you ask them what their sales process is, they all have unique ways of doing that. So it's really hard to come at them in every different account and look at them and say, oh, there's a template. This is how we're going to work with each enterprise account in one way. You have to tailor your approach for how you go after the enterprise. So the, the big thing of what we try to do here at SalesLoft is we try to hire really good executives that own the process that can help lead enterprise executives and leaders at these companies that we sell to through a process to, of how they codify and unify their cadences for all their sellers, all their customer services, so again, it's all about huge gains in productivity. We have to hire and enable sellers to be able to uh, you know, work in the enterprise in such a fashion that they're really helping them engage better with their own customers. How do you get those sellers to first engage and, and first get the interaction going with enterprise size companies? I know sometimes it can be hard to even get the right uh, person on the phone. Yeah, and that's really what's unique about sales law. But I'll say in the enterprise in general, 
it used to be buyer beware, now it's seller beware, because most enterprise customers are very educated in what they need and what their pain is, and they've already done all the research before you even know about them. So oftentimes you get hold of them, they already know what they want, they just haven't put their finger on what the name of it is just yet. Some of them have, but when you get somebody on the phone, especially in this day and this environment with what's going on with COVID, as well as the, just the macroeconomic movement in, in general, right? In technology, uh, as well as just with enterprises, Fortune 500 accounts. A lot of these guys are really well-educated. They know what they want, but they don't want to be sold to. They want you to have gifts for them to help them do their job better and to go execute on the plan that their company has. So really, I kind of look at my strategy for the enterprise in a two-pronged approach. One of them is a, an account-based approach. The other is people-based. So by the first one, account-based approach, I, uh, with my, my folks, I go after in what I call building a wall around an account. So the idea behind this, if there's any breaks in the wall, this could hurt you and the customer. And that, so what we, we try to do is identify the gaps where any of these 10 items that are, that are potential gaps in building a wall around the account how do we go tackle those? So in the 10 that I, and I won't go into, into uh, detail on that, but if I really had to outline three really key areas in building a wall around the account, the top three out of 10 would probably be number one, what is the customer's pain and their gain? Not what does your product do, but what is their pain? I know that seems pretty obvious, but we tend to sell feature function, not what a customer's pain is, right? Uh, number two is having a mutual success plan. So once you've identified the pain or the gain, right, you have to have a plan to go execute. And when we've done our deal reviews here with enterprise sellers that are interacting with our customers as well as, as, well as customer service reps that interact with customers, we found that the biggest gap is that second one I mentioned, a mutual success plan. So this is not a buying plan, like I want you to buy by June 30th, so here are the two steps, including procurement and contract signing, but it's a mutual success plan where we engage the customer on what they're trying to solve, right? That pain, when do they want that implemented? What does success look and taste like? And then what are all the things we need to back into to deploy that solution, to implement, and everything they need to do to understand our product, what's out in the market, what are some partner products, who are the partners like inside out that can make them wildly successful? So we've identified again, the MSP or the mutual success plan is very critical in engaging in the enterprise around this account-based approach. And then I would say the third thing that we found um, seems also pretty obvious, but that's really peer and executive alignment. So obviously sellers are typically selling to their point of contact, but being able to introduce peers and executives at different levels within the, their work with our organization for example, I commonly have uh, meetings probably anywhere from bi-weekly to bi-monthly with our customers' executives to interact, to give them a kind of a figure on the pulse of what we're seeing with our own customers and, and to hear about what their demands are in the industry. So it's not a, hey, let's have a call to discuss issues. We'll, we'll tackle those issues together. It's really understanding what they're dealing with. And you know, in this environment right now, that's gonna change weekly and, and monthly. So we need to actually be a close and closer and aligned with peers and executives within our customer accounts. So I would probably say those are the top three that we go after when engaging more of an account-based approach, which is the first method I talked about. And the second is really people-based. 
So with a people-based approach, it's about owning the relationship in your partnership with a customer. Do you want to be a vendor or do you want to be a partner? So when you're selling and servicing customers, it's about the people involved on our side, our customer side, all the teams involved, right? And by ownership, I mean, again, hiring, enabling people with an attitude of ownership, how they engage their customers and solve those problems, right? Not just ask what are next steps, but to guide that customer on the best path because we've been there, we've done that. Why can we not help our customers be more involved? So I'll pause there, but those, I would say that's probably the two-pronged approach of how we kind of tackle the enterprise. It's very, very smart, very smart. So Kevin, how is the sales engagement market space these days? Yeah, Rich, it's, it's a white hot market that some legacy players that had kind of a, a one trick solution like dialer only solutions or just email trackers that are lower level value, um, but they're not able to really deliver on what this space demands in sales engagement. So we have over 2,200 customers that use us, right, to all about interacting with their customers and join with best practices that simplify sellers and, and people who service customers, simplifies their life, right? So SalesLoft knows what you need to do every day, and it makes it easy for these users to follow a sales process best practices, and it's the best practices for that organization, for that customer, right? So users of SalesLoft can be prospectors, they can be closers, full cycle reps, they're sales managers, leaders, and executives, as well as customer service with success and renewal teams. So users of SalesLoft, which by the way, integrates with CRM solutions like Salesforce, the users live in our product daily, all day. It's how they run their day, their task list, their priority deal follow-up, their pipeline development, opportunity management, and all the way out through closure and servicing of a customer. So it is a very uh, hot market right now, and we're so honored to be a leader in this space. You mentioned, um, you know, a lot of times the a big critical part is to have a uh, measurable plan for success, and also that a lot of times it does start with a single point of contact, um, at which you then try to grow amongst the peers. Um, do most of those enterprise deals usually start as a smaller pilot program initially? Yeah, that's that's a great question. We believe in the influence model, meaning it, it often takes a committee. You may have a coach, which is much different than a champion, an influencer, a decision maker, and a, a you know an authorized sign, signer, right? So that influence model is important. But if you get uh, that hook with that one person with the pain, I would say that when you talk about smaller pilot programs, you would think that that's more common. However, I would say it's fairly blended and it's been that way. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, for us, we offer a solution that makes sales teams, uh, you know, help them create leads, convert opportunities, close deals and service their customers better. So if a typical salesperson is engaged in our system and they like it, much like users of Salesforce, which is, you know, something that they use every week, our product they're used every day, every hour. So when you talk about deploying to 50 salespeople, making them productive and help them with pipeline, pipeline conversion and management as well as closing, uh, our customers, some of the biggest Fortune 500, as you imagine, say, you know, why are we not deploying across our whole span of sellers? Yeah, typically, you know, they might want to go lower risk, but the deal with sales tools, if it makes 10 effective, 100 will want it. So I would say, um, in some opportunities, yeah, we do look for how we could just, you know, land in an account, 
per se, and then expand. But in others, you would find a blend that people want to start um, deploying to all their, their users immediately. So uh, I don't know if that helps you with your question. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, no, I'm curious. Um, a lot of times when you first work with those, uh, the big enterprise companies, um, you know, that initial infancy is, is obviously, you know, the most delicate or the most uh, critical. What is, what is it that your team focuses on and makes most critical in that, in that beginning um, adoption? The, the biggest thing we've, I've found from customers, whether here at SalesLoft or in my history of leading sales team, is it's not necessarily about the, the product itself and does it fit certain criteria on the scorecard. It really comes down to truly users adopting and the big part of that change management. That's why partners like Inside Out are so important because great, we can build a great product, something that's usable, add features on top, but if a customer does not adopt it, um, and it doesn't grow and you don't have change management in place, right? Because we're the type of product that it's got to be used daily. We people, sellers, those that interact with customers are logging in. It's the first thing they see. It's their task list, right? And so what the feedback I've heard from customers, if you underestimated anything, whether it's sales off or anything else, if you've underestimated anything in a project after it's gone live, what is it? And the two points we've heard about, our adoption and change management. Make sure your organization is ready for the change. You have leaders aligned, right? And you don't just dictate that to them, but they've actually bought in as this is something that's gonna make them successful, regardless of what you're, you're proposing to that customer. That's probably where we've seen the best, I would say success is talking about change management upfront with customers. Excellent, excellent. Kevin, thank you so much for your insights. I really appreciate it. I know over here at uh, Inside Out, we spend a lot of time working towards uh, creating these relationships with enterprise companies. Just in general, uh, any important lessons learned you can share with me about uh, the working inside of enterprise that you haven't already shared? Yeah, that, you know, Rich, that's, that's great. I would say, you know, sometimes I, I just prefer to keep things simple. And I say, it's, for me, I call it the four P's of selling, especially in the enterprise we tend to often make a mistake to focus on the first two P's, which are pricing and product features. And that's typically not what happens in the decision process. It, it is usually the other two P's, which are people and politics. And by people, it goes back to the relationships I mentioned, I mentioned. but for us as partners to our customers, taking a general interest and concern in what pain or gain that customer is going through. So, Interacting with genuine interest in people is really important. And also one thing we've done well is not, what I mean by people in those relationships is not just having a good relationship through the selling process, but when you meet somebody taking a genuine interest, no opportunity at all, but just keeping involved with them and being close to them on how you can make them successful. And I would say also in the process by politics, I mean, who knows who, right? Who do you know? Who have you built a relationship and really understanding how they're gonna benefit but understanding what the relationships are within the people within that company, right? So everybody tends to want to win. You can have a win-win-win relationship, right? Somebody does not have to lose. So I think that if you look at the four Ps again, in summary, uh, pricing and product features are still important, but people and politics are typically how decisions are made in the enterprise. Incredible. Thank you so much for your insights, Kevin. Very valuable stuff. I can't wait to go back through and, and, and take all these notes with me and really, really deploy it in my own, in my own workspace. 
That's great, Rich. And this has been a pleasure to speak with you today. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Kevin. Stay safe, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. You too as well. Thank you, Rich. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into our podcast live from the lab. You can follow us at Inside Out Lab on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast for new featured episodes on Inside Out's culture, community, and company. We are Inside Out.